0: It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. It's presented by CarParts.com. We thank him for it. It is the easiest way to just get parts dropped right to your front door, back door, garage door. You pick them. You choose them. And I'm telling you, man, it's absolutely easy, simple. Anybody can do it.
1: I can do it. That tells you a lot right there. (laughs) Exactly, man. Exactly. (laughs) Well, man, how are you doing today, Willie? How are you doing today? Oh,
0: man, you know, I'm actually pretty good. I'm looking forward to... uh, the guy we have on is a longtime friend of mine. Uh, me, me and this guy have been in some crazy rowdy scenarios before, and I feel like anybody that owns a diesel truck, especially on the performance side of diesel, has heard of ATS diesel and performance.
1: Yeah, and I and I think that anybody who's been a friend of yours for any length of time has been in a rowdy, crazy situation as well. And 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 you have brought me into the ATS world. I was just talking with Clint here uh must have been 9 10 years ago that uh, you introduced me what a what an awesome guy What a great company man and I am fired up because I am a huge diesel lover
0: now w- when you say diesel lover man I, it's amazing for me the people that like me when first time I got into diesel I'll be honest I had a Dodge with a V10 2500 you know series pickup truck and I would tow my hot rod or my race car when I was really getting into it and started going more from, from street racing to you know track racing. Uh, and man, the first time I used my buddy's diesel, I got to admit, man, I was like, I couldn't believe the night and day difference And how it pulled, how it felt, how it towed out, you know. I live out in Colorado, so elevation is a real deal, legit battle that we have out here. And man, it was like nothing pulling, you know, a big heavy load in a diesel truck.
1: No, it just laughs. Like, no matter how much you put on it, it just laughs. And it seems like you can double the load and it didn't even notice. You know, it's amazing what, what the diesels could do. And then fast forward into the last, you know, 10 years or so, the capability of diesels are absolutely through the roof insane i remember oh geez uh you know in early 2000s you know one of my buddies had the ford f250 350 with the 525 sticker you know 525 foot pounds and here we are literally double that you know i think the 21 you know f350 is 1050 foot pounds from the factory
0: hey the, hey one of the few fords that i own and this is no joke I own a 2001 F250. Still have it. Still is my you know my holler today. And that that truck was king of the hill back in the day with that 7.3, and it was 525 foot pounds of torque. People laugh at that now. They look at that now like you know you poor little you know it's like a
1: like a three cylinder cat motor. (laughs) It's nothing. Well, it's it's crazy because now you know some of these you know turbo gas motors uh, really start to make. You know, the gasoline space, you know, fill in that lower end torque, right? doesn't have the 1,050 foot-pounds, but when you think about that 525 years ago, uh, you pretty much had that replaced by, you know, let's say the Ford EcoBoost, you know? But the diesel has never stood still, and it just keeps racing ahead of the game, you know? I never thought we'd be from the factory 1,000 foot-pounds. Yeah, who would have? It's just mind-blowing. And the things that you can tow, I mean... I mean, what was an over-the-road truck 15, 20 years ago? What does that make for torque, you know? And and how does that compare to the 1,050? I mean, you could almost tow what those guys were towing, you know, 20 years ago, it seems like.
0: You could tow your dang house. Oh, absolutely. There is no doubt. There is no doubt a new Ford, Chevy, Dodge pickup truck will out tow a semi-attracted trailer from, you know, the the early to mid-90s all day. <laughs>
1: yeah, so if you're in the business of moving stuff, especially big, heavy stuff, I mean, diesel is where it's at. And, uh, you know, I, I think I got an extra love for the diesel, you know, working at Ford, working at, uh, you know, research and advanced uh, engines that, you know, my team got to do the six seven from scratch, you know, quite a number of years ago. So it was a you know, being a gas guy, you know, being into high performance and all that stuff, and then diving, you know, headfirst into diesel from a clean sheet of paper. I mean, just so many things to learn and and wrap your brain around. And, uh, you know, that thing at the time was quite uh, inside out with the inboard exhaust and how the thing was laid out and the valve train that's in there. And uh, just super cool. And I just, you know, it, it just kind of deepened my passion and love for just everything that diesel can do.
0: Yeah, and, and if you recall that show, man, that was one of the coolest things ever because you actually got one of those shipped down to the two guys' garage, and we got to dissect it, take it apart, really get in-depth and in-detail you know, before that thing was ever released. And that was a big moment. That was kind of a... You know, kind of a hey, we you know we got something that nobody else gets their hands on, and we gave a real in-depth inside look as to how that actually worked, and you know all the functionality
1: of it, and and you know how that thing is able to make such big power. Yeah, I almost forgot about that, man. That was really cool. Yeah, we pulled some strings. We got some really killer hardware, man. We got all the inside scoop, some of the engineering behind the scenes, behind the curtain, uh, to share with everybody. Kind of the new offering at the time. Uh, but hey, you know what? There's a lot of great new offerings out there. Clint Cannon's going to hook us up. He's going to give us the new skinny. Uh, so why don't we take a quick break? We'll come back real quick. ATS Diesel guys, this is going to be an awesome episode. Uh, it's a Two Guys Garage Podcast with Willie B and Kevin Bird.
0: It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. It is presented by CarParts.com. The absolute easiest way to go. Car parts literally just dropped right to your front door, your back door, your shop door. Uh, and I'm telling you, have you been on this
1: app? Uh, Kevin, it's so easy to use. It's like you're making and model and you got it. Are you kidding me, man? I've used this app so many times. It's so simple. Uh, you just get online. Boom. Pick out what you like. Just like you said, you make, model. Select it. Boom. It's at your door. And these guys are stocking their own inventory. They pass on the savings up to 50% off, man. Uh, when you really get on there and look at prices and go to your parts store, uh, you're gonna be mind blown. It's it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, no doubt, man, for sure. Hey, and I, I gotta tell you, when it comes to parts, you know, I don't know that there's a better guy out there making performance parts for diesel trucks. Then our boy Clint Cannon and ats diesel. Everybody knows that You you grab any diesel magazine, man. a World Series of Diesel, this that the other. You're bringing those competitions out in Indy. It is absolutely mind blowing how fast, how hard they're pushing diesels. They got the dyno competition, and ats is always an integrated part of everybody's build. Uh, Clint, welcome to the podcast, man. Dude, you've been doing the diesel thing, brother. I, I met you years ago. We've done a lot of cool. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I do a, a radio show, a morning show. On a rock radio station out in Denver, Colorado, and man, we teamed up with Clint a long time ago and many moons ago, and we built some really cool stuff. He's uh he's done a lot of cool things for the community out here, and dude, it's really mind blowing to see where ATS Diesel has gone over the last number of years and how you guys have really just taken off to super serve the diesel market, bro.
2: You know, it's it's this technology. You know, Kevin was just reminding me that. Uh... We were chatting about this 10 years ago, I think this month, kind of when you came on the show. And uh, so that puts us back. We're working on the stuff back at the station, uh, what, 12, 12, 13 years ago. So a lot of technology happened since then.
0: Oh, yeah, man. It's crazy. You know, as a guy that has seen all the technology and all the transformations and evolutions of diesel, of performance, what do you say... Are, you know, your biggest like, oh, wow, I can't believe we're doing this now moments. What are, the, you know, some of the big evolutions that you've seen and what are some of the biggest hurdles that you as a as a guy making diesel performance stuff? What are some of the biggest, you know, sort of hurdles and walls you came up up against?
2: You know, I mean, there's certainly no question, you know, letting the uh kind of the cat out of the bag. You know, the emission stuff has definitely been the the big one.
0: Absolutely.
2: And this uh, big green thing that we you know this world that we're living in and you know fossil fuels and you know diesel's here to stay there's no question about it now that diesel's gotten so clean you know and the amount of torque we're making and and horsepower making these things it was it was just you know really you know the little the last five or six years has really been figuring out how to keep inside these systems so we can so we can reprogram the computers and more so understanding the after treatment systems you know the after treatment systems it's just a it's it's an incredible science that's going on, that's treating these these gases after they leave the turbocharger.
0: Hey, and, and Clint, would you please refresh everybody's memory? Um, a lot of people see smoke or you know a, a diesel rolling coal, and they're like, "Oh my God, what is doing to the environment?" is that the other? it's kind of mind-boggling how they, you know, you realize that's carbon, that's the most fertile molecule in the galaxy. It's on, it's on stars, meteors, asteroids all over this planet. Like, there's nothing you want more to bond uh, with um, and more, more of a fertile molecule than, than carbon. Uh, but, man, we really, you know, you guys have really been able to milk the performance and clean it up, uh, you know, in the last few years.
2: Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's kind of an interesting story what happened. You know, the old diesels, the low pressure injection, basically the diesels that make a lot of noise that clatter like your old 7.3, you know, the, the diesel, the, the black smoke that comes out of those low pressure injection diesels really is not that bad for the environment, one, for your lungs. I mean, yes, it's sooty and it's kind of dark and it's black and, and it'll make you coughed up, but, but it, in essence, it doesn't burn the diesel fuel so finely that it becomes a hindrance to where it actually gets into your cells. So as the EPA continued to put some more stringent um, you know, con- controls around these things, then that meant that the diesel started burning at a higher injection rate and the molecules would get stronger. Well, when that happened, it started to kind of clean them up. But the two things happened. One, is they started emitting a lot of NOx, and the NOx is the thing is is one of the very that's a that's a clear gas it's very dangerous, and that's one and that's why you have urea in your trucks today because it kind of counteracts it in it, and it basically neutralizes that. But the black smoke went from black to kind of this gray, and that basically made the particles so small that when you breathe them, they get into your lungs, and and it's and it's very very bad for you. I mean, it really causes cancer, so. So with the EPA putting these regulations on, on diesels, they kind of created this, this worse condition yeah, that was coming out of the tailpipes. And then, of course, they came out in 07, like, wait a minute, this isn't going to work. We've got to clean these things up. You've got to put a filter on them. And that's really where things got really interesting when, when they started mandating that we, you put a, literally put a filter on your engine to filter everything that comes out of that out of the exhaust.
0: You're talking about the diesel particulate filter. Uh, If if you don't mind, could you, could you kind of break that down? You know, either you or bird, because I feel like a lot of people don't understand all those layers and all that burn off and what it's doing and why it's doing it. And you know, the, the reason we're doing it, there's so much just, that is such a point of failure on so many vehicles and causes, you know, it robs horsepower, it robs efficiency but it's something that, you know, we have to have nowadays, but can you walk us through maybe a step-by-step process, either one of you as to what's going on then?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can make it really pretty easy. So anytime you have black smoke in a diesel, that means your air fuel ratio, that means you're too rich. Black fuel, black smoke is essentially unburnt diesel. So that is, it's, it's going to, it has a lot of particular, right? So there's a couple of things going on. The air enters the engine. And it goes through, and then you have what you call an EGR. And most people know what an EGR is. It's it's exhaust gas recirculation. And the exhaust gas recirculation is a device that's on the engine that basically regurgitates, it takes exhaust, and it shoves it into the intake of the engine, which basically lowers NOx, and it lowers the invisible gases, but it also reduces oxygen content. And you reduce oxygen content, that means you get one thing, more black smoke. So, So you're really kind of killing yourself, but you have to have the EGR to fight the the clear gas that's so poisonous.
1: EGR is kind of a weird one because you think, how are you cooling your combustion with hot exhaust gas? Right, right, exactly. Uh, you know, but your combustion is hotter than than the exhaust gas because you actually pull energy out of it by pushing the piston. So, yes, you have really hot gas coming out, but it is cooler than what is being burned. So when you swing it back in the front side again, it it's already inert, right? It's like... Uh, uh, you know, any kind of welding gas, right? It, it, it doesn't burn. It doesn't create oxygen or anything. like. So it's it's just going to go along for the ride. It's going to take up space, like Clint said. So you're not going to get as much oxygen in because it's taking up volume. But it's a, a mass that's going to absorb some heat. And NOx formulation, like NOx gases coming out, are a function of temperature. So if you can get the same pressure to push your piston down at a lower temperature, you're going to bring those bad NOx gases down. So that's why that EGR is in there. As much as we might hate it, sometimes it does serve a pretty powerful function.
2: Absolutely, I mean, and it's really a part of it. You know, this is one of the this is one of the big things that everybody's talking about today. Is like, I don't want to have this EGR. Can you figure out how to get rid of the EGR? I mean, it's like, guys, EGR is here, and it's really EGRs are front because with the with the addition of EGR, it really fights the 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 knocks at a at an engine level. So we don't have to deal with it so much downstream. And the other thing that's nice about that is. There, there's a couple of things when you're getting rid of NOx is either you can ingest EGR or you can back timing off. Well, you start backing timing off and all of a sudden your power goes away. And so you're really, you're really backwards. So this allows us to run a little bit more timing. Now, the key is you've got to run more airflow and this is something I'm going to get to in a little bit. But if you're just dealing with say, a, just a regular old turbocharger and you, and you only have so much airflow, then that air goes through the engine and it burns and there's some soot level. And then that, that gray or whatever that soot is, the particulate that Willie was just talking about the particulate filter, the particulate filter essentially has to filter, literally filter all that exhaust that's coming out of the engine. So now your exhaust is clean, but you're also dealing with a lot of back pressure and a lot of, and the back pressure means that you're not allowed to suck as much air into the engine. So it's, so it's one of these, it's one of these things that's just repeating. The, the more you put on it, the harder it makes the engine work to actually get the same amount of power out of it. And then once you get past the DPF, then you go through basically a catalyst, the NOx catalyst, and everybody that's putting urea into, the, into your engines or into the tank, you know that mixes and then it basically neutralizes the NOx so you have a, a nice clean burn. Well. You know, all that sounds good in theory. It all it, It's all great and it's functional, but if things aren't exactly right, or aren't exactly tuned, then your after treatment system is constantly regenerating. Well, get this. So the kicker to this whole thing is, is in order to clean the, the diesel particulate filter, you have to spray more raw fuel at it to turn it into basically a rosebud. And then that heat starts to burn off the the particulate and it cleans the filter and then it kind of goes through the cycle. So, So the whole routine of getting it dirty and then trying to make it clean, getting it dirty, going back and forth, the the technology there to make this stuff work is proper tuning and a lot of airflow. So upgrading the turbocharger or adding compounds, and that's one of the things we're doing a lot of today. In fact, that's what we're testing right now in California is compound turbochargers on the 20 RAM to give us, all that airflow we need so the so the diesel particulate filter doesn't overwork and it and you don't lose the mileage and you, you don't have to suffer from that low power you know that that we've been kind of suffering from the last few years so i mean it's really exciting stuff you know it's it's cool
0: hey so Clint, i got a question for you you know you you just you know walked us through several steps you know and and when you hear that man it, it's kind of crazy what what you got to do to produce, you know, the, the right temp, the right gases, the right emissions and so forth. Uh, it did make me kind of have a question. Do you feel like the, the face mask that we've all been, you know, kind of forced to wear over the last year? That's kind of like an EGR valve for humans. Do you agree? Yeah, Was kind
1: of. um, <laughs> well, a particulate filter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> and every now and then you gotta you gotta urea and, and clean it off a little bit, <laughs> <then you> <laughs> taking some more particulates. You know, like you gotta wash that dang thing, you guys with your stinky masks out there. You know, you
0: know, are are those all? Why are those such points of failure, and why do they cut down so drastically on efficiency and power?
2: Well, again, so so it's it's all about balance. You know, I mean, the the manufacturers are getting really, really good at understanding this balance. But it also is as the as the power level, you're, you're noticing the power levels are increasing. You know, I mean, we're seeing 500 or 450 horsepower, 1,000 foot pounds of torque out of the factory on these vehicles, right? And these are emissions on trucks, and these are trucks that are outperforming anything in the past. Well, that's great until you start loading them. Then they start getting hot, and then you're you're back down to the old standards of of literally 10 years ago, the same power level because the heat saturation. So the key again is airflow. So the technology does exist, but you really have to fine tune. I mean, we're seeing the biggest gains by taking what the factory give us really fine tune in the calibrations because they're, I mean, they're really not doing an amazing job of, of dialing in the calibrations. There's quite a bit of bandwidth there. And then sizing the turbocharger or like say adding another turbocharger or working on air density, getting... Air density is huge on these things. It's, it's all about how much oxygen you can get in the cylinder to burn this diesel. The, the, every, every, every little percent that you gain in the efficiency in the cylinder burn, you gain it everywhere because you're not overloading that after treatment system. So really your, your limit is how bad you're abusing the after treatment systems on these things or, or go in the other direction. If you can keep them clean, then you can really pick up a, just a ton of power and efficiency, and and longevity, and gas mileage.
0: We're going to talk about that next. we got to take a break now, but when we come back, more on how to get more efficiency, power, and what you guys at ATS Diesel and Performance have done to really, you know, aggressively attack some of these scenarios uh, that we find so prevalent in today's diesels. It makes people want to buy diesels, you know, before all of this diesel particular filter came into play. What which I believe it was, you know, 2007 or 2009 or somewhere in that ballpark. Everybody is looking for power before that, but Clint has been able to make power after those years. Uh, we'll talk to you about it next on the Two Guys Garage Podcast with Kevin Bird and Willie B. It is the Two Guys Rides Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B, and we have our boy Clint Cannon, A2S Diesel on. It's presented by CarParts.com. I'm telling you, this is the easiest way to get car parts. And it doesn't matter if it's maintenance, collision, just general repairs that we all do and should do on our rides. Uh, And you get them dropped right to your door. Kevin knows this. I know this. You
1: guys should know this. Yeah, check them out, man. CarParts.com, the awesome way to get parts at your door. Now, we were talking about, uh, you know, some of the challenges, a lot of the challenges of getting diesels clean, Uh, and there's a whole slew, a whole stack of technologies that are on diesels, and, you know, for many of us, myself included. I mean, if I go back to the, uh, you know, late 80s, 90s and hot rodding, you know, I'm stripping off EGR, I'm taking off auxiliary air pumps, you know, heck, I'm even pulling my AC off because I'm dumb, and I'm thinking it's going to make my car go faster. Um, yeah, will. <laughs> and you know, we came out of the we came out of the late '70s and '80s where it was so smogged that you know a V8's making 145 horsepower. So clearly, we have this perception that all this technology is killing us, and we got to strip it off. But what Clint's kind of doing is looking at that technology and going, "What is it functionally doing?" Because we got to run these things clean. And like he said, if you think about it, from the OE we're making 1,000 plus horsepower or 1,000 plus foot pounds, almost 500 horsepower. So clearly we're not getting robbed. Now we are adding a bunch of complexity and some of that can go wrong, uh, but it's guys like Clint that can make sure that the system is operating properly. And he's got the right smarts and strategy to go and figure out how to leverage all that stuff that's there, preserve it. And what are the things that need to get done to blow past that 1,000 foot pound foot pound mark right yeah
2: so i mean and it's and it's exactly that i mean one thing wonderful about the stuff the world we live in is technology you know drives everything and understanding the technology you know lets us lets us really you know do a lot of things and and you know you kind of mentioned a little bit about programming programming is a big deal but i'll tell you what the hard parts the hard, when i say hard parts it's exhaust manifolds turbochargers Turbochargers today are the holy grail, like they're everything. And there is so much technology in turbochargers. You know, we've been working on a turbocharger, our Aurora turbocharger for many, many years. And it basically is a a VNT style turbocharger that replaces the factory stuff that allows you remove the factory and you just drop it right in. And the big thing that we've found is working on the efficiencies on the turbine section. You know, hanging a bigger compressor on to get more airflow in the engine. That's one thing, but you really have to pay attention to the compressors or the turbine side. The turbine side has taken all that wasted energy from the engine, driving that turbine, which drives the compressor and how the, the vanes are mapped out. So there's actually vanes that are in the turbine section and dynamically controlling back pressure to boost pressure to the right ratio based on the kind of the signature of that engine is really where, where we're finding a, a ton of gains on this thing not, so not necessarily going with a bigger turbocharger, but balancing how much drive to boost,
0: you gotta you gotta evolve that that fact a little bit because that is so crucial uh, to power efficiency and really where you make gains that nobody else can find. Um, explain that a little bit uh in depth and uh you know this is uh, an opportunity for bird to to go all nerd on this too it's uh because this is really cool this is you know really how that turbo breeze and how that engine breeze together and that sort of symbiotic relationship uh and those pulse widths and everything else that you're you know you're trying to get where it's just smooth consistent and efficient god does that make an impact on overall performance
2: oh, I mean, oh it's huge i mean understand you know that the, in, in basic, you know, the, the volumetric efficiency of an engine—that's what we're all. That's what we're looking for. We want as much air packed in that cylinder as possible. Well, there's no secret to get the air packed in the cylinder like burnable oxygen in the cylinder. That means you have to get it out. And if you have too much back pressure, if you have too much restriction in the exhaust system in the turbocharger, that means that you're fighting. You're not allowing that fresh air to come into the engine. So, balancing. That back pressure, which is your exhaust back pressure to the boost pressure, and understanding that fine ratio that how much back pressure to boost pressure allows that engine to make your maximum power, that's, what, that's, that's where there's just huge gains. I mean, you, know, in the past we were doing that with wastegates. and you know, now we have computers, and now we have you know a standalone module that goes between the ECM and the, and the variable turbocharger and called the IntelliBoost and the IntelliBoost, looks at back pressure, it looks at boost pressure. And controls that based on the driving, the engine RPM, the, the command, what throttle position, everything that's going on in the engine. And it's really maximizing, letting that turbocharger maximize the airflow through the engine. And anytime you maximize, you get maximum airflow through the engine, that means you have the maximum amount of air to burn to turn into power. The more of that stuff you burn in the cylinder, the less black smoke you got, the less you're overworking the after system.
0: Are you guys making that or is that something that you're yeah. just… You're further developing. No, that's our product.
2: Yeah, no, that's that's one of our projects that products that we've been engineering for the last few years.
0: Kevin, do you look at that on a uh, on a you know on an OE side and go, wow, that's that's kind of impressive because I know you guys probably look at that, but being you know the warranty, the Zevlev rules, and all these guidelines that you guys have, uh, is it cool for you to see people like this in the aftermarket?
1: Uh, Getting after it aggressively? Well, it's very similar and symbiotic. Uh, The OEs are doing very similar things, but they're doing it for different targets, different requirements, right? Different goals. Uh, Clinton's doing it for, I want more. I want to go past that, right? The OEs are competing with each other in their segment and they're trying to keep pushing the needle, right? Walking us from 525 to 1,000. Clint's starting at a thousand and going, hey, I want to go to fifteen hundred. I want to go to whatever it is. Uh, so he's, you know, he's just constantly moving the needle a little bit past. And you know, of course, if we put, let's say, Clint's parts on an OE, uh, for most people it would be, let's say, overkill. But for us, you know, horsepower junkies, it's exactly what we want. So you know, he's filling in, let's say, that different kind of space. You know. Uh, so it's cool to to see who puts the technologies out first, but then what what are people doing with them? And it's always great to see what the OEs can kind of deliver because now, you know, now we're into Hellcats, now we're into GT500s, now we're into 1,000 foot-pounds, and there's always more, right? And Clint's one of those guys that's yeah. pushing it. Now, I will say, you know, go back, kind of my earlier statements walk into this segment. Uh, you know, again, if we go back to earlier hot-rodding, we could kind of wrap our brain around it. Like, wow, if I just take that cam out and put a big one in there and I turn a couple screws to adjust my carburetor, and my tuning, I'm going to make power. Now this stuff is so damn complicated to the average person that it can seem overwhelming. And again, you want to, you think you want to go in there and strip a lot of stuff out and get back to simplicity. Uh, that could work in a dirty world, but in a clean world, that technology is there. And so what we're doing now is this whole emissions thing we're, We're winning at the end of the day. We're getting clean, insane power, right? That's a great combination. But what we have to do is we have to lean on guys like Clint to give us the package, right? What's the package, what components, and the tune? So all that complicated stuff is figured out, right? So it's like the smartphone. None of us are figuring out from a dumb old dial phone to a smartphone. It's just give me the phone that's got the camera in it, that's got the Wi-Fi, that's got the... You know, and the interface is dirt simple. So that's kind of in the world we are today. We're we're migrating from stripping random stuff off of, you know, our vehicles and putting on parts. And we're going to these badass proven emissions legal bundles that we know are going to work. And they're going to make killer power. And they're going to be clean, which is kind of cool. Cause yep. it wasn't like that in the seventies and the eighties,
2: right? No, it, exactly. And, and, and that's something I talk about a lot. You know, we go back in, you know, 79 when they came out with catalytic converters and this EGR thing and they were stripping them off. And you know, what happened 10 years later, you know, we had the most high horsepower gas hot rods with all the emission stuff on it that would, would blow these other, you know, these older vehicles away. And the same things happen in diesel. You know, you just have to, you just have to embrace the technology, understand how this stuff work is working and, and, uh, just got to maximize on it, but it's, it's, it's a good time. You
0: know, you know, it's a good point, Clint, but how do you and your team at ATS diesel and performance really do that? Do you guys take new, you know, new Fords, new Chevys, new Dodges, and you go, okay, let's push them till they blow or find the weakest link. Let's, you know, find ways to improve it. How do you guys as a company that lives in the performance and after market world, how do you guys strive to hit that next, you know, evolution?
2: Uh, The answer is yes. So there's there's a reason why I own every one of these vehicles. I I own more trucks than I could ever drive, but I I own them for that reason because we buy them brand new from the factory and then we start tweaking. We know a lot of things that, you know, are just going to be inherently a problem, but a lot of them, we just run them. I mean, we load them up super heavy and we push them. And, you know, most of our, I mean, most of our stuff, is not so much hot rod it, and it's kind of hot rod but i mean it basically is it's for the everyday guy guys that are towing loads if you take a brand new vehicle today and, and load it up twenty five thousand pounds and you go up by 70 at the halfway mid mark it's not making the rated power anymore as soon as it hits 1508 degrees on a gm 1480 on a ford as soon as it hits that kind of exhaust gas temperature they start wicking fuel out and it just keeps pulling fuel out until it doesn't get hotter so these trucks you know on the the, you put them on a dyno yeah they're going to make great power i mean they'll make almost 500 horsepower you start loading them heavy and they start dropping down well below 400 well below 350 i mean you start losing all this power and then it's also defueling so it doesn't overwork the system so taking these systems and upgrading all the the choke points the better turbochargers tweaking them all these little things is what makes them better and better and it, it essentially In some cases, we won't give them much more power. We might give them like another 10%. But at the top of Eisenhower pass, it's still making that full power. It's not derated.
0: Yeah, and you guys got to understand Eisenhower pass – is, you know, you're looking at 9,000, 10,000 feet. Uh, Clint is out in Colorado where I'm at. Uh, I-70 is the corridor through the Rocky Mountains. And let me tell you, there are some hills that will change your, you, you know, sort of your pursuit and how you approach it, especially when you're hauling big loads. And, and then coming down the hill is a different scenario. Uh, but But it is one of those things where you could really test not just the efficiency and, you know, how much power you have, but, you know, you're fighting heat soak, you're still climbing, there's altitude, there's, you know, cooling issues. Really, it's an it's a ultimate testing ground for a, a lot of these applications. And, and I'm sure you find, you know, probably a, a lot of means of pushing the limits just because where, you know, where you're at, where you're testing some of these rides. Um, what is other things that ATS Diesel is doing to kind of evolve the diesel market out there? Because there's so many things you guys are kind of attacking.
2: I'm glad you asked that because I mean we're we're talking about all these new trucks, but we haven't forgotten about the old trucks. You know all these older trucks that have, you know, all the five nines and the seven threes. So this Intellibus is telling you about this new turbocharger. This turbocharger actually retrofits all the old diesels. So all the old diesels that have what they call a fixed geometry turbo, it's just a basic turbo, no vanes in the turbine section. So we're retrofitting. Then the other part of this. The IntelliBoost is you take off your old, old school turbocharger off your 2003 Cummins or whatever it is, and you bolt on the Aurora VNT, and then the IntelliBoost controls it. And now, the technology we have today uh, I mean, the latest technology, like two days technology, 2020 technology, bolts right onto your 5.9 Cummins or right onto your 7.3. It's the no. same modular style turbocharger, wow. it gives you an exhaust brake. it it, it keeps the the back pressure to boost pressure ratio exactly where you want it you got a nice little interface and that in itself is probably more exciting than the new stuff we're doing just because it allows these older trucks that are built that are incredible trucks they just need a little bit of technology so guess what it does it ups the power it makes them safer to drive for downhill because you get the exhaust brake. it makes them spool quicker there's less smoke coming out the exhaust pipe because the engine has more oxygen it's 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 freaking killer, dude. I mean, it's it's really exciting stuff.
1: That's amazing. Because like you said, there are so many great trucks out there, right? Older trucks in, in great shape. Uh, and to be able to kind of pump them up and give them another life, you know, kind of get them closer to what these new, you know, $80,000, dollars $100,000 trucks are going for, you know? Super
2: cool. Yeah, I mean, the trucks haven't changed that much. Yeah, they got a little nicer stereo and the seats are a little bit more comfortable. But, you know, they're basically the same. You know, there's all these older trucks, man, they are incredibly... I mean, it still makes up the majority of our business. You know, our, our, our people, guys that have trucks, they love their trucks. You know, once you get a truck dialed in and it's where you want it, you just you want it. And if you can add technologies to them, you know, a better turbocharger, better manifolds, a six speed transmission, you know, instead of the old three speed or the four speed, it just makes them like brand new trucks. So it's, it's, just, it's a cool deal.
0: You mentioned something there that you know you just kind of kind of brazed by, but what a lot of people don't realize: trucks now are seventy, eighty, ninety thousand plus dollars. You know they're utilitarian in some regards, but now they're just you know God, they're making so much power. They're they're quiet. They drive like cars, but yet they can pull thousands upon thousands of pounds. Like you kind of hit that on the head, man. A truck is there's no doubt several reasons why trucks are outselling cars nowadays, and the fact that you're able to. You know, take a you know an 073 like I have, man, with an ATS turbo on it, uh, and you could upgrade that to new technology. That that definitely puts a smile on our face because we don't hey, want to get rid of those trucks; they're still yeah, workhorses, no, no
1: doubt. Well, and you got you got for the old Dodges, you got the new uh, sort of Allison swap scenario going on too. That's huge.
2: Yeah, that that actually is way bigger, much much bigger than I thought it would be. I mean, I, I you know Chrysler inherently is always cheaped out on their transmission. I mean forever. I mean literally from the 59 Cummins with their 48s, you know, it wasn't a great transmission. You could make it you could make it great by rebuilding it, putting all billet parts in and really upgrading it. And then in 07 and a half, ironically, right when the emissions trucks came out, they basically took a gas transmission and they put a bigger bell housing on, a bigger torque converter, they called the 68RFE, but it literally from 07 to current, if you went and bought a brand new truck two day off the lot, it would still have the same 2007 and a half transmission in it that is a gasoline transmission with a diesel torque converter. And it has been an industry and an epic failure. I mean, we build more parts to upgrade the 68 RFE than every transmission combined. And it still is not a great reliable transmission. So... There was just a huge need. Everybody was always saying, like, man, if I could get an Allison transmission behind my Cummins, it would be the that would be the, the epic vehicle of the universe. And, you know, so everybody kept asking about it. Well, we thought maybe we could make this Chrysler training work, but it's just it's such a problem in the industry that everybody just hates the 68. So so I'm like, all right, let's let's just keep funneling money into tooling. And figure out how to make this Allison like. I mean, it's the golden transmission of, of all vehicles. It's a six speed. It's co- it comes out of a medium duty vehicle, you know, that Allison built, and it's just it's fantastic. But it doesn't it doesn't work behind the Cummins. So we basically built, you know, we cast the case and the extension housing, the bell housing, the torque converter, and we designed this whole thing just to bolt up. You take your Chrysler transmission out and you bolt it literally bolted behind the Cummins engine and it's, it's, it's flawless. Well, that's half the battle. The other part of it is the, yeah
1: you got electronics and stuff. Yeah. The
2: ECM, the TCM is married to the, to the engine. So if you take the TCM out of a Ram pickup, guess what? Remote start doesn't work. Reverse lights don't work. Your backup camera doesn't work. Cruise control doesn't work. You can't put it in four wheel low. Like the vehicle, nobody got time for that dude the vehicle doesn't work it's terrible i mean it's and so you so kill
0: me with this trash talking dodge man killing me <laughs> killing me i'm dying i'm
2: dying uh, i was i was biting my tongue Willie. Th- this whole package like it, it it's so evasive to the to the operation of the vehicle that it's not really feasible well the what we just came out with is a complete integrated computer system basically it can module that that allows the allison tcm to completely integrate into the vehicle and the vehicle believes that it's running the factory transmission still i mean everything works
1: damn clint you's crazy man who would have thought you could do
2: that dude this, i mean it's it's pretty cool i mean we're, we're pretty proud of this technology but it's been just we have spent just so much time on it, but it's it's so integrated as
1: complicated as that to make the Factory vehicle computer, operate and think a completely different transmission is somehow not the one that you put in there and make it all run so seamlessly. That That's the kind of awesome stuff that uh, embracing technology can get you.
0: Man, Kevin, it's not that difficult. Hold on. Let's, it's not that difficult. All you got to do is offer the Dodge, I don't know, probably a, a couple pieces of beef jerky and, and a pack of Marlboro Lights. and it, It'd be okay
1: with it. <laughs> well, Clint, where can people find out more about some of your awesome goods?
2: Uh, just go to ATSDiesel.com. You know, just go to Google, type in ATS, you'll, you'll get to us, or go to our YouTube channel. We've got a, have got a ton of videos out there. I get pretty excited about this stuff and it's uh it's it's pretty cool. They're kinda I'm kinda long winded when you start talking about it. So if you so if you're gonna watch one of my videos, it's probably best that you get a couple beers and sit down and just listen to me ramble.
0: We'll I have to have you on again, man, because there, there's a lot of stuff you're doing in this performance and clean emissions side of things that really is promising and you know, it makes these diesel trucks everybody's spending so much money on, so much investment on, uh, really worthwhile for the long haul, for performance, uh, for towing and everything else. So, um, again, check it out, y'all. ATS Diesel. Uh, they're changing the game. You can literally follow these guys, YouTube, Facebook, and uh, the works. Uh, hey, Clint, we definitely appreciate your time, man. Hey, don't forget about our show, Era Weekend, on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. The episode is also now streaming on Motor Trend On Demand. Thanks to our guest, Clint Cannon from ATS Diesel, my man Kevin Bird, I am Willie B, our producer Scoop,
1: and executive producer, Bob Ecker. Yeah, and don't forget to check out our website, twoguysgarage.com, and share your thoughts with us. We're on social, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Two Guys Garage. Now, this is Two Guys Garage podcast. It's copyright 2021, Britain Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved. Yeah, man, that's some cool stuff, dude. Those numbers they're making on diesels nowadays
0: are absurd, bro. And Clint is a perfect guy to do it, man. That guy is a straight cowboy. There's not many people as Wild West as Clint, man. I'm telling you. I've had some great times with that guy.
1: That's a smart dude. He ain't got no fear. Man, he's just always crushing it.
0: Hey, you know what's funny, man, is... Is I've been to his shop before, man, and he talks about we make stuff for the OEM, you know, for the OE guys, the guys pulling their their car haulers and you know toy haulers and hunting, you know, gear and all that stuff. But man, I have been there before, seen his facility, and these dudes strapping trucks on there with you know 1,500 foot pounds of torque, 2,000 foot pounds of torque, you know, on their dyno in their facility, like. It is badass to see the numbers and performance that are ringing out of diesels. I absolutely love it, man. It's just cool to have them on. Make sure you guys check it out, ATS Diesel and Performance. And we'll catch you on the next Two Guys Garage Podcast. Two Guys Garage Podcast is a production of Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.